0: In the heavens we will sing, sing, sing Grateful that you hear us when we shout your praise Lift high in the name of Jesus What's not to love about you? Heaven and earth adore you and kingdoms bow down, Son of God, you are the one, you are the one, you are the love that frees us, you are the light that leads us, like a fire burning, Son of God, you are the one, you are the one. Sing, sing, sing Grateful that you hear us When we shout your praise Live high in the name of Jesus What's not to love about you? Heaven and earth adore you Kings and kingdoms bow down Son God, you are the, the, one. One. You are the
1: The name of Jesus this morning. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's been a great week. It's been an awesome week, even with the rains and everything. I know y'all got a lot of rain here where we were at in camp. We didn't get as much as you guys did, but it's still there, and it was nice. and, And still, we had an incredible camp. God is good, isn't He? All the time. Oh, come on. God is good? All the time. All the time. Amen. It's good seeing everybody this morning. Praise the Lord for each one of you. Let's go to him in prayer right now and just ask his blessing and his anointing to be on this service this morning. Father God, I thank you for an incredible week of uh, hearing the the sermons every day, to be able to interact and work with these young adults, and myself working in riflery, being able to teach them the the rifles, but also who you are, and and most of all, that it is you who shoots true and guides things. God, to be able to come into this house now after having such a great week and gather with brothers and sisters in your name and know that you are here. And know also that you're in the churches and buildings and houses of those boys and leaders that were there this week and the girls with the G.A. side. God, it's awesome to know that you are God, not just here or there, but everywhere. So, Father, I pray now that you will just look down on Sutherland Springs and may you pour out your anointing, God. May you open the winds of heaven and may your blessings pour out and may we be filled out, up, pressed down, overflowing, knowing that you are God. However, if there's one here today, Lord, that has not surrendered their life and their heart to you, they don't know who you are, whatever the reason may be, may you speak to them through a word, through a song, through a brother or sister, but may your will be done this day, God, and may they come to accept you before it's too late. God, we give you all praise, honor, and glory, and it's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Like I said, it's good seeing everybody this morning. It's been a great week. Walk around, shake somebody's hand, give them a hug, and tell them it's just good to see them in God's house this morning.
2: We're going to a mansion on the Happy Day Express. The letters on the engine spell JSUS. The Lord calls out for heaven. We gladly answer yes. We're going to a mansion on the Happy Day Express. Everybody's welcome on the Happy Day Express. The way to come is just to trust in JSUS. So hear the call from heaven and gladly answer yes, and join us on our journey on the Happy Day Express. The final stop is glory on the Happy Day Express, and go oh, what joy to see the face of Jesus! We'll all bow down before Him when we see His holiness. The one who paid a bid ride right on the Happy Day Express We're going to a mansion on the Happy Day Express The letters on the engine spell J-E-S-U-S The Lord calls out for heaven, we gladly answer yes We're going to a mansion on the Happy Day Express
1: you want me to announce that we're doing that? Objected to what? Collecting money for brand. Um. So what I told them is
2: this is the deal: God will talk to you. God will tell you if you should give or not.
1: That's give. right. And
2: If you don't feel like it, you do it. There was a little bit
1: of problem. About it. Okay. I'll word it that way. Guys, if I can get you to grab your seat and watch the monitors, you're going to see a little bit of the video of camp one day this week. Go ahead and start it, guys. They'll sit down.
2: But why, oh why Why? Wide awake in the middle of your nightmare
1: That's it. first time. Amen. That's a day in the life at the RA camp. Now, we didn't have the GA videos, but they did lots of stuff as well on the other end of the camp. As you, as you can see, the days were very filled this past week between riflery, archery, uh, camp crafts, knots, and making fires. However, the important all those are important aspects, and every station has a, a, uh, a spiritual reference and a discussion. The theme this week, as you can see from the shirt, was Proverbs twenty-seven, seventeen: is that iron sharpens iron, so one man may sharpen another." And therefore, we had the blacksmith there as well, teaching these boys and allowing these boys to to, to beat a little bit and make themselves a little uh, sword. Yeah, a little sword out of the nail type thing. But the main thing was in the evenings, the Word of God was shared as well, and it was we had a music, uh, the skit team, the RA staffers, and we got a young man. He's not here today that I'm talking to his parents about maybe going in June to the LTC camp to get him to look at taking the first step of becoming an RA staffer. But the staffers, the music leader was a, a saxophone player and musician who not only led the music, but what he took was the hymns and then explained what each verse meant each night and had the kids learn it so that by the end of the week, not only were they singing these hymns, but they understood the history of the church that was indwelt within those old hymns. So that really was incredible. You couple that with a pastor this year that that did an incredible job of keeping the boys attention and using some uh, marvelous illustrations with knives and such. Uh, if you want to get boys attention, bring out the firearms and the knives and things of that nature and you have their attention. But yet he didn't preach overly long, 15 or 20 minutes with these illustrations and these boys got a message that was incredible. It was a it was a great week. It ended I believe we had 138 boys on campus. And thirteen salvations to the Lord, Amen. Not counting other decisions and, and other. One of the young men I prayed with last, one night had a. Uh, it, it was it was so sweet because he had felt so convicted by God uh, that when he went back there, I think I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to lead this young man to the Lord or something. His whole thing was I w- at school this past year. He there were some people bullying this other boy. And his his thing was, as a Christian, I should have intervened, but I didn't. And I just want the Lord to forgive me. That's understanding. He understood the message and what he is supposed to be. Hallelujah! And this little boy, I think he was nine. That that's pretty good for a nine year old to grasp that. Amen. So we had a, an incredible week. I know the GAs did as well. And, and I just appreciate your prayers this past week. Moving on to just a few announcements, and then we'll we'll, we'll I'll call Bob up in just a moment. Uh, We just got back from RA camp. However, tomorrow, many of us will be heading out for the camp out at the lake, or this time it's the river. But we'll be at Palmetto State Park, our church camp out. So again, if you uh, have already gotten your spot and you're going to be there this week and you're going to be camping out and would like to help with the the meal we have on Sunday. after, Usually we have our meal on Saturday night. I'm not sure if I said that this year. We couldn't get the, the building that's right on the river till Sunday after church. So our meal is going to be following the services on Sunday. If you would like to help out with that, if you're going to be there, and and if you could get with me to let me know so I know what you're going to be bringing so we can formulate what all is going on here with our meal, I'd appreciate that. Everyone that did not get a spot but still wants to come out Sunday, feel free to do so. Come on out, have church services at the refectory, and we're going to have a great time. Now, if you can't come to the camp out, that's Okay. Brother Mitch, who is the, he's been here, he's visited a couple of times, he's, he's preached uh, uh, in, in, in all over the churches, he is the representative of the Southern Baptist Texas Convention, uh, and he is the representative for our area, he lives in, in around Seguin, he is going to come out and, and fill the pulpit next week, and it's going to be an incredible time, so if you can't come to the camp out on the river, that does not mean stay at home, come on to the church anyway, Chris is going to be leading the music. You're going to have a, a a great speaker here. Someone who's a lot more eloquent and educated than I am. Maybe maybe you'll not fall asleep on him, and you'll have a good time. So come on out. Make sure you come to church. That's next week. That's this coming Sunday. Like I said, many of us are leaving out tomorrow uh, to go there. So again, uh, as a men's Bible study, will be canceled this Wednesday morning because I'll be out there, and we're just going to have a a great time this week. Uh, other thing. Uh, Oh, before I forget, let me say this. Sherry's not here this morning. She hurt her back, and she tried to come in to fix breakfast and such and just couldn't make it, had to go back home. So when it came down to me having to cook breakfast quickly, I went to H-E-B and bought donuts. If you was not here for Sunday school and got donuts, there's a bunch more left. I hate to see those fresh donuts go to waste. So after service today, if you'd like to take some donuts home, and please don't beat each other up over it, but some, somebody go grab the rest of those donuts and take them home. I don't want to throw those away. Yes, ma'am? Okay. That'd be great. So if you want to go and grab some of them donut holes or donuts to take home with you today, please feel free to do so. I, I, I would just hate for those things to, to go bad just sitting here this week. So go and get those. Last and not least, the, the – oh, and you don't have bulletins today also – Because without Sherry here, I thought about trying to make them and realized there was no way I knew how to make them. So without Sherry coming up, there's no bulletins either. So that's why you have no bulletins this morning and donuts for breakfast. Uh, Leave it to Dad. You know, you'll get donuts for breakfast and cake for lunch. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) To donuts in in there. I'm on a diet, brother. I actually went and bought donuts and didn't touch one of them. yeah yeah the hardest part was going by the chocolate milk it was screaming my name but i was able to walk by it didn't get any the um the other thing i want to put forth and this is very important i understand uh that people have different opinions and i believe i understand why people have some of the opinions they have however this is the the uh, announcement that i wanted to put forth some individuals have gotten together and and they are not here today but uh Brandy and her husband are having their baby. There's their house is there. There's things going on. And there are those who's put together in and in, in lieu of a baby shower, they need money to put their water back in, the, to get their water tap and things of this nature. I would like to just present to you guys, this is what was presented in a couple of other functions uh, that has happened under the church name. If you are interested in doing that, if you are interested in uh, putting if you're going to give a gift as to, to her as towards a baby shower, but would rather put that towards uh, helping them put the water back into their home, uh, please get, get with myself or Miss Carla and let us know. If you would like to give to, to help them. Now, the money will come from the church. The church will go to the, to the water company. It's not like we're putting this money in their hands, but we are helping out a, a brother and sister that, that are members of the community get water back into their house. So if that is something that you feel like you would be led to do, then I would ask you to get with Carla or I and let us know that or annotate it on your check. Hey, this is in lieu of a baby shower to help out uh, uh, those kids with that new baby. But again, that is not a directive. I'm not saying, hey, you have to do this or anything of that nature. I want you to pray about it. And if the Lord's laid it on your heart to give, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And that water company is not going to turn the water on unless God gives them the power to do so. Amen? Therefore, if it is through our hands that God works to turn that water on, hallelujah. Pray about it, do what the Lord calls you to do, and leave leave that between you and the Lord. I don't want to shame or, or make anyone think that I'm telling you that you have to give to this couple to help turn their water on. But if you would like to, please get with Carlo or myself or annotate it on your check when you drop it into the tithing column. All right. I think that's enough announcements this morning. I'm going to have my brother come up. Brother Bob's got the the scripture reading this morning, and we won't have any cannons going off behind you, brother. <laughs> I tell you what, when that cannon you saw in the video went off, you heard that for miles. I am sure that cannon was heard. That was a we were having a black powder presentation, and and that's how he initiated it or, or ended. Actually, was with that cannon going off. It was. Pretty incredible. Talk about getting boys' attention. Let them see a cannon go off. Amen. Can I pray with you, brother? Father God, I lift up my brother to you, and I thank you, Lord, that he is willing to come up and open his heart and his mind and to let you speak and move through him. May we hear your words as he is speaking today, and may we take them with grace and mercy, and may thy will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks,
3: brother. All right, so there are a lot, if you look around, of couples and people who seem like they have their life together, and like they have things perfect in their life, and just that they're the perfect couple and things. One of the things that I want to point out is that no matter how perfect things seem, there's always something going on behind the scenes that you don't see, so... With that being said, uh it's been a fairly challenging week and something that has been that Kelly and I have been dealing with in our relationship is something that I wanted to present for the scripture reading. Um we're not going to get into details or anything, but I thought what what I told her during one of the rougher days is something that came to mind again and so If you want to turn with me, we're going to be looking in Daniel chapter 3 today. And this is a very well-known story. So, um, just to give you a little background, this is Nebuchadnezzar throwing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the furnace. So, with that being said, we're going to look at verses starting at the end of 15 and then going through 18. So, it says... This is Nebuchadnezzar talking to the three of them at the beginning, and he says, But if you do not worship me, you will be immediately cast into the midst of a furnace of blazing fire. And what God is there who can deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to give you an answer concerning this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the Furnace of blazing fire, and he will deliver us out of your hands, O king. But even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. So, with that in mind, there is this idea that we have in our heads that every question we ever encounter and needs an answer, that every... Situation, every confrontation, we have to say something, we have to reply, we have to give her defense for, her. and that's not true. If we look at this verse or this set of verses, one of the first things that that Shadrach, Abednego, and uh, yeah say is that <laughs> they aren't going to give him an answer to this question. They don't owe him an answer, and they're not going to answer him for it. So thinking about this, we don't need an answer for everything that comes up in our lives. We don't have to give a defense for everything we encounter, every confrontation we have. Sometimes God just wants us to sit back and trust him and know that he's got things under control. When you think about this, it's easy to forget the kind of God that we serve, but think about Jesus for a minute. Just in the last moments of his life in the last hours of his life think of what he endured for us and then go a step beyond that he went beyond death death is one of the most powerful and feared forces on earth really if you think about it at every point in our lives we have a fear for our life at some point we have a concern for our life and we are afraid of death but god conquered that jesus conquered that We are talking about someone who went beyond that, conquered death, defeated death. And sometimes it's hard for us to trust them with trivial matters, little things that don't even matter, really. I mean, if you look at the long run of things, it's important things. But is it really? And is it really beyond God's control? What I want to get across today is just when you look at the matters in your lives, they can seem really large, but remember that our God is larger. He can conquer it if you trust him to do it. And sometimes that's all he wants you to do, is to trust him to take care of you. Let's pray. You. God, we ask you today, would just be with us and make your presence known to us. For those of us that know you, God, just remind us of how powerful you are and how you can control anything and everything. No matter what it is, no matter how bad it seems, you're always going to use it for your will, and for your good. And whether we can see it or not, we just ask you, God, to let us be at peace with that. And just help us remember that we can find peace and we can find joy even in trials, knowing that you're in control and that you are taking care of us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Good
1: job, son.
0: We must have somehow God must have coordinated uh, Bob's scripture reading and and this next song that we're going to sing. We're going to sing Love Lifted Me.
2: I was sinking deep in sin Far from the peaceful shore Very deeply Stained within Seeking to rise no more But the master Of the sea heard my despairing cry, from the waters lifted me, now
1: safe
2: am I, love lifted me, love lifted me, when nothing else could help, love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me. when nothing else could help, love lifted ever to Him I'll clean. in His blessed presence live. We'll ever His praises sing love so mighty and so true merits my soul's best song faithful loving service due to Him belong love lifted me love lifted me when nothing else could help love me me, with me. Love lifted me, love lifted me When nothing else could help Love lifted me Souls in danger look above Jesus completely saved He will lift you by His love Out of the angry way. He's the master of the sea, bills will obey. He, your Savior, wants to be the same today. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help Love lifted me Come like now Mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet, sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mount, I'm fixed upon it, Mount of thy re- Praise my Ebenezer Hither by thy grace I come And I hope by thy good pleasure Safely to arrive at home Jesus saw me when a stranger Wandering from the fold of God He to rescue me from danger Interpose precious love. Oh, dear grace, how great a debtor daily I'm constrained to be. Let that grace now, like a feather, bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to lead the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for that courts above. Come, thy plount of every blessing. Heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet sung by flaming tongues above. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. Amen. In a secret, in the quiet. stillness you are there. In a secret, in a quiet hour right I only for you, cause I want to know
0: Pressing onward, pushing every hindrance aside,
2: out of my way, it's cause the one.
0: you says so, so I
1: seeking your face so that we can know you that much more. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This morning, as we get started, if you want to be turning to, to Matthew 24, our, our actual verse this morning is going to be at Proverbs 14. But before we get there, there's a couple of things I've forgotten, something else I was asked to do. I, I, I don't know how I could have forgotten to mention this a while ago, but on the G-I, excuse me GA side of the camp, Two of our own also found the Lord. Raina and Abigail. Three. Who's the third one? I only knew of two. Megan accepted the Lord this week. Oh, nobody told me. I haven't haven't looked at them yet. Hallelujah! Two of Brian's grandbabies accepted the Lord, and Megan sat with us for lunch every day. <laughs> That's right. Well, well Raina Rena, Raina and Abigail came running up to me with smiles and just excitement and if and and I love Raina, but she's usually not that close to me. Yeah. However, she was excited and gave me a hug and just an ear to ear smile. So that, that's three. Megan, Raina, and Abigail accepted Christ this week. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. So, need to keep them in prayer in about two weeks, uh, not this weekend or the following weekend, but the following weekend. Abigail and, and Raina, I believe, are going to be getting baptized. And I didn't know anything about Megan, so I'm going to, we'll have to work with that one. But praise God for that as well. Hallelujah. The, um, the other thing that I wanted to point out, M- Morgan shared with me that was day one, or one day of the, each of the day's videos that she put together at camp this week. If you're interested in getting all those videos, just bring her a jump drive and she can download those to you. Now, before we get into the sermon, Matthew 24 is where we're going to start, but but Caden, uh, not Caden, Lawson has been ill this whole week, and uh, they got a call a while ago in Sunday school, the doctor said that everything's come back, they don't know what to do other than now take him for tests uh, for gastritis and such, and uh, Sylvia and Chad, uh, Sylvia, sorry, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Lisa, That that's a. Wasn't that who you were hanging with this week? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Chad had a bunch of little boys around him all week, and he gets a ribbon for hanging with those boys all week. But praise the Lord, uh, Lisa and Chad asked if we would lift Caden, uh, lift Lawson, his little brother, up in prayer together as a church body this morning. So if you would, that's uh, all. If you want to extend hands that direction, but let's just in one accord go to the. There's one who can heal anything he has, amen? And there's also the same one who, if he decides to use the doctors and nurses, empower them with the intelligent decisions to be made. That's why we serve a great, mighty God, because he interacts with everyone. So let's pray to him to work in in Lawson's life. Father God, I just come before you right now, and I just lift up this young man to you and ask in your name, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, that he will feel your peace, that he'll feel your your grace, and they will feel your mercy within his, his stomach and, and body, Lord, and just heal his body is what we pray. God, we ask in the name of Jesus Christ that you put your healing hand upon him, and we have the faith of knowing that if it be your will, you can make him 100% and cured and whole right now, God. We believe that with all that we are. I pray, God, that every heart in this room that believes that, that you will take that, that, that prayer that's being lifted up for this young man it may be a sweet, sweet smell to you and may you turn that back into the healing grace over this boy. However, Lord, we also understand that if you're using this for this family to maybe minister back into the hospital or to show your magnificence and your glory there, we just pray your will to be done and give you praise and honor for it, God. We pray that he is healed right now at this moment. But if you choose to use the doctors and nurses, then bring peace upon Lisa and Chad and let them feel your grace and let they feel your guidance, and let them use your wisdom as the doctors make decisions and choices as to what's going on. God, we just pray your will to be done in this family, and most of all, in lost and still life. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. As I said, our our, our, our main verse this week is going to be in, in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 14, but we're going to turn over and start out in Matthew 24. So if you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to be in Matthew 24 to begin. And let me just say this, a lot of good happened this past week. It was a great camp. In fact, I think it was probably one of the better camps I've worked at. Now, I'm still not sure if it's just because I was a, I, my job this week, I got to work down in riflery all week. So I was working with the, the girls in the mornings and boys in the afternoons and got to work with the rifles all day every day i don't know if it was that or it's just that kind of spirit on the camp but i enjoyed it i truly did and let me say this too i'm going to give a shout out to all the girls out there i didn't realize to working in rifle we had girls till noon boys after in the afternoon girls would listen and shoot so much better than the boys it was amazing because they would listen and because i would tell them what they needed to do and because i could bring them in they could zero in and just get these incredible shots where the boys said, let's kill something. <laughs> oh, I hear you. I know how. I know how. Actually, we had one 10-year-old girl and one 14-year-old boy both shoot a perfect score, five bullseyes. That, that's pretty good. I, she's only 10. Can you imagine when she gets older what she could do? What he said? What she holler? Who shot what first, baby? Well, if you want to go there, who put more closer to the bullseye? (laughs) Well, you know, she's a girl. so You have to explain those kinds of things to Morgan. (laughs) Yeah, I really don't know. I didn't keep tracks of all that. The good thing is, you know, what I was trying to point out was Girls, good job. They listen. Now, if our boys would listen just as well. Amen? Yeah. Because she was sitting with Pawpaw. But anyway. But anyway. Papa's privileges. They had five to practice and then five to score on a new target. That's how we did it, except for some that got 50 shots. A lot of good happened this week, guys. It was a wonderful week. A lot of great things happened. But I'm going to I, the the catalyst, I guess, for the sermon this morning. One thing did transpire that I was a witness to that. I, that wasn't even really had nothing to do with me. I just happened to be in the room. I was speaking to John, and someone came in and 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 spoke to John in such a fashion, and things went around in such a way that I, I it, it incredibly aggravated me. But yet, I look over John, and he was handling it so well, and it was saying the things that should be said, pointing out the facts of the situation that arose. Well, this situation that happened right then, I don't think even hardly bothered John. He went on with what he was doing, in which this was a very tumultuous week with the rains and the new director and things happening. John, make, John makes the schedules and such, so things had to keep getting twisted and moved, and it was a very hectic and 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 trying week for John when this gentleman comes in and, and shows himself in such a fashion. But when I was looking at him and looked at how John, and it didn't seem to bother John later in the week, it bothered me every day. I couldn't get it out of my mind. And, I, and that's when I realized, oh, okay, God is using this. God's moving a sermon within my heart and mind, I think. And that was the catalyst this morning, was looking at that situation, how what it takes to be what God's called us to be, is isn't always on top of the mountain. is isn't always messing with, with the perfect thing. Sometimes you've got to deal with the imperfect. It's how you deal with it that matters. Amen? And, and in Matthew 24, starting in verse 45, notice what this parable states. He said, Who then is a faithful and sensible slave whom his master has put in charge of his household to give them food at the proper time? That slave whose master finds him working when he comes will be rewarded. I assure you he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But if that wicked slave says in his heart, my master is delayed and starts to beat his fellow slaves and eats and drinks with drunkards, that slave's master will come on a day he does not expect and at an hour he does not know. He will cut him to pieces and assign him to a place with the hypocrites in that place where there will be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. You'll notice in this parable that that the good servant, the, the one that did what he was supposed to be doing. The good servant who who wasn't about when the master was returning, but the good servant who was in charge of overseeing the, the other servants made sure that everyone was fed, that everyone was cared for. Didn't matter when the, the master was returning. He knew what he was supposed to be doing. Now that's a hard deal. If you have ever cooked for a crowd, then you know that the cooking can get hot. The cooking can get messy. It, it can be a lot of work. It is hard to keep up with and cook for the whole crowd. Overseeing people can be messy. It can. It can, it can, it, it, it can get out of hand sometimes. It would be easier to just leave the kitchen spotless, take off, and, and go party somewhere else. It would be easier just to say, oh, well, we're going to do this or do that. The, the breakfast just this morning. Sherry comes in, she cooks for breakfast for everyone who comes from in, into Sunday school and such. When it fell on me, it was easier for me to just go buy donuts. I didn't even want to try. It's easier sometimes. But one thing this parable is, is, is telling us is that serving God is not going to be easy. It's not going to be neat. It's not going to be tidy. There's going to be a mess sometimes. In Proverbs 14, 4, it makes the same point in a different way. And this was the verse that came to me and it astonished me. I remembered reading this verse earlier and it, and it was bouncing around my head. I had to find it. When there was a gentleman at camp, I was talking to him about what God was doing in my heart and my mind, and he had this verse actually framed and on his wall in his office and knew exactly where the address was. I said, well, you must be from God because I couldn't remember. But anyway, Proverbs 14, 4 says, Where there are no oxen, the feeding trough is empty, but an abundant harvest comes through the strength of an ox. Now, in a lot of your translations, it'll say manger, uh, where it says the feeding trough is empty. It'll say manger. Some say barn. Either way, what this is trying to point out, this, this, and I believe this to be a rather obscure verse, one I, I, I never put a lot of notice in previously, I guess, but what God spoke to me today, what we see in this proverb is there is a tension. There tends to be a tension between the desire for a clean barn and the need for a filled barn. We have this tension that rises. I've noticed through the years there's a certain tension that tends to come up when, when, when we're looking at, at the church. There's tensions that come up in our church life. The same kinds of things. Do we want the clean barn or a full barn? The, between the inclusive church or the exclusive church? Are we going to be a rescue station or are we going to be a country club? These are the kinds of tensions that church life has to come up with sometimes. Are we going to be an in-reach to one another or are we going to be an outreach going into the communities? Are we going to be reaching out and trying to bring others here? Are we going to discipleship those that we have or are we going to go out and are we going to evangelize those that are in the community? Are we going to go and and, and share Christ? We should be focusing, folks, on on getting closer with one another. That, That is so true but we also should be focusing on bringing people in. That there's tension between the the, the the teaching of the word of God and, and how, we're going, how we're going to teach it and the social outreach. There's always these tensions in church life. There's always this opportunity for these things to come in. Why? Because in both these cases, both are needed. I mean, in all these cases, both are needed. The thing is finding a balance how to be what God's called us to be, utilizing the things that God has given us to utilize in an, inc- in an intelligent way, but doing all these things. Proverbs 14.4 is, is, is showing us that the tension between keeping the church organized and tidy as opposed to keeping the church full and growing. There's two different avenues we can chase here, and what we've got to stop and ask is which one is of the Lord. If we want a sweet-smelling, picturesque little show place of, of a barn, then we better not put any oxen in there. But guess what? If we want to take the side that God says, that the church is to be the salt of the earth, is to be the light upon the darkness, if we are going to be used by God, if our barn is going to be used, then it needs to be filled with the oxen. And sometimes oxen aren't the smelliest, not the nicest smelling critters. But that's where the increase comes from. If we want a full barn, that means we have to get the oxen. If we want our barn to be used, that means that we need to have the oxen. We need to, to not worry about the cleanliness per se. Now, you, that means you're going to have to put up with some mess sometimes. I think John did an incredible job that day. I. I was getting, it didn't even pertain to me, and I was getting aggravated by the way this man was speaking and what he was saying. But John understood that you have to take that mess. Clean barns are nice looking. But if you think about it for just a minute, the purpose of a barn is not to be clean, it's to be filled. And unfortunately, when you fill the barn with people, people can be messy, and that means if you want the good, you got to take the bad as well. The best time of the year... For a farmer, it's in the end of harvest time, when the barn is filled, when all the stuff comes in. For a farmer, that's their big annual payday, when everything comes in. Now you may say, well, what does that have to do with the ox? Well, when this proverb was written, the ox was the the, the farmer's tractor. The ox was everything. He plowed his fields with the ox. He watered his crops with the ox. He harvested with the ox. He ground his flour with the ox. The more ox, the more productivity. The more he utilized the ox, the better the barn would be filled. But on the other hand, if you think about it, he got to have that payday because of the ox. The ox was also a source of trouble. Some of you farmers and ranchers out there know exactly what I'm talking about. That ox had to be fed daily. And it took a lot of feed to satisfy the, the appetite of a working ox. Trust me, I'm on a diet, I know. It, 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 there's a lot of trouble that goes with having those oxen. An ox has to be sheltered from the, the wet and the cold so he can stay healthy, so that he can go out in the fields and be hitched up and do what he needs to do. He has to be pinned so he doesn't run off and get himself in trouble in the in the neighbor's field so that he can continue to be and, and, and stay healthy and eat and, and not get lost somewhere. He had to be doctored. I, I hear you folks that own horses, and I, I think how much money you have to put into all the the doctoring so they don't become sick or injured. And that's not to mention the smelly mess that's found in the ox stall. If you've never even been on a ranch, I think you can imagine what's in the stall of that ox. It happens. Do you see the tension here? Dealing with an ox, this Proverbs is saying, is even though there's all the stuff, the smelly stuff and all the other stuff, it's still worth all the trouble if you care about filling the barn. If you care about, you can put up with all that stuff that, that the oxen can put out if you care about being about God's ministry, about furthering the kingdom of God, about filling the barn. Now what if you do care more about cleaning the barn? Then uh, by all means get rid of the oxen. But what happens when you get rid of the oxen? You have a nice pretty building that is absolutely useless. You have a nice pretty camp that's absolutely useless. John handled it in an incredible way. Now, what is the symbolism of the ox? It's interesting to notice that the ox throughout Scripture, I wanted, to, I wanted to break this verse down just a little bit more. The ox throughout Scripture has a very significant place. The one thing the ox is used for, is, as, as we've already pointed out, is, a, is, is to be that servant. He's to be the servant to those humans, to those, that, those farmers, those ones that were trying to till the ground. He was not especially beautiful. He wasn't entertaining. If anybody's ever seen a fox, maybe on the Mutual of Omaha or National Geographic show, or maybe you have one at home, an ox is just an ox. He's rather awkward. He's rather smelly. But an ox was always useful. That means any of the oxen that's brought into the barn, you can find a use for it. They were used. They were servants. He was used to do anything that was too hard for a human to do. That's what he was talking about here. In fact, even more so as a servant, the ox is used as a metaphor in Isaiah 50 for the Messiah, for Jesus Christ. It says that, that in the same way that the ox gives back his back to the labor, the Lord's servant will give back to those who beat him. Referring to the Messiah as that ox. The ox is to be a servant. Before our barn is to be full, it needs to be full of oxen. And the oxen, though, sometimes can be smelly though sometimes that can be awkward, sometimes not the most graceful, the oxen are still can be the servant of our Lord and Savior. In 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about oxen. He uses ox twice, actually, but he's talking about it as, as, as a, an analogy to pastors. Paul says those who preach the gospel are worthy of their hire and not to be muzzled, like the ox who treads out grain, is allowed to eat in the process. Just as that ox is plowing the field, he can reach over and he can eat along the way. And that farmer is not going to care because that oxen is doing the most work. Paul is saying that the pastor, as he is preaching the word of God, he is being the servant and you should allow him to, to, under, to be what God's called him to be in the process of sharing that. Now, I, I, naturally, I think ox is not the symbol I might tend to choose to illustrate a pastor. Oxes are not the brightest creatures in the world and they smell kind of bad, but that was Paul. Maybe that was his point. We are to be servants we may be a little clumsy sometimes and when i say the preacher he was talking about the pastor but i'm saying the oxen in general within the walls of the church have accepted jesus christ because the great commission has been given to each one of us we may not be everything that we can be at some points but if we are the oxen we are to continue stepping forward doing and being what god has called us to be the ox represented power and productivity we are the, if we are going to fill this, if we don't, don't want a social club, if we want a truly God filled, God inspiring, God changing church to the community, then we need to be those oxen that represent power and productivity by the Spirit of Jesus Christ through us. Amen? This proverb is, is, is telling us that there is much increase by the strength of the ox. When we are getting strength in the Lord, when we continue to look to Him, The ox was the equivalent, again, if you will, of a tractor, a pickup truck, a winch, an electric motor, whatever, all wrapped into one. And if that wasn't enough, it was liquid capital. If nothing else, the ox could be sold and money's gained. The ox was a viable, important part of the church. And then was even to represent the Messiah. That Just as as that ox uh, carried our our burdens upon his back, the Lord would carry the burdens on his back. You know, there's an interesting example in, in, in Judges chapter 6, verse 25 through 28. Gideon is told by God, he said, he said, take your father's oxen, two of them, and I want you to do two things. I want you to go down, and I want you to take those oxen, and you are to break up all the altars up to Baal. Take those oxen that you're, and, and, and just tear down all the altars that your daddy has put up to Baal. Take them down there and do that. And then secondly, you're to sacrifice those oxen on a new altar to atone for your father's sin. You hear what those those oxen had to become at that point? These oxen that were in the barn, these oxen that were used by God. Gideon used these oxen as, as, as heavy machinery to remove idols. But then he turned around and used them as sacrifices to save his father from God's wrath. Hallelujah. Oxen are important. Sometimes we lose sight of it when we step in the mess that they leave behind. Sometimes we lose sight of it. Like, like, like when I was in that room and I, I saw John having to take the brunt of what was being said there, I was getting upset, but John understood this is just part of the job. Praise God! And John doesn't, didn't pay me or want, he doesn't want accolades for this. This is what I witnessed. And I thought, thank you for that witness, God. He understood that this man, and he told me later on in the week that the man came back and apologized later. Hallelujah. If John had overreacted at the time, you think that man would have still came back and apologized later? Probably not. I don't know that. But because John didn't overreact, but acted the way God said accordingly, though John was having to step through the mess that the oxen left behind, per se, that oxen still gets to be used and not ran out of camp. That's why the ox in this parable represents two things Christ did for us on Calvary as well. The one, he broke the bonds of sin and death, and and then he made atonement for our sin. He was the bulldozer, but then he made the atonement. Folks, we as oxen being used by God, we don't know exactly what it is God may have in store for us. The thing is that we are to be used. We may not know what God has in store for others that sometimes are leaving the, the mess in the barn. But we need to remember that God has something in store for them also. And whatever it may be, they are God's oxen. Jesus accomplished what the humans could not, just like the oxen were accomplishing what they they could not. Jesus paid the price for our sin with his redemptive work on the cross. He paid it so that you and I can have glory forever. The oxen was not just something to shake your eyes to. Do we want oxen in our barn or do we not? Now, when you think about the barn here, or here it's manger or or feeding trough, manger, barn, any of those words can fit there. The Proverbs remind us that where the oxen are not, where there are no oxen, yeah, there's a clean barn. But let me say this. If the barn is a symbol of life and the tension is between aesthetics and productivity, would you rather have your barn clean or would you rather have your barn filled? Knowing what the purpose of the barn is, namely to store a big harvest, to do what God's called us to do, the answer should be obvious. If we truly care about the barn, then we need to get our priorities in line. Now, there's some, some personal applications we can make here to our life as well, guys. And, and when we when we think about that barn, too many of us, I think, Waste time looking for a clean barn. We waste time looking for that clean aspect in our life. We want a job that gives us ultimate fulfillment. We want a marriage that has this, this constant romance and bliss within it. We want children who never make a mess. We want parents who always give us what we want. But let me tell you something this morning, folks the clean barn is a myth. The totally clean barn, that is a myth. It does not happen. All families have problems, just like Bob pointed out a while ago in his scripture reading. All families have issues. All jobs are unpleasant sometimes. Life is messy. People are messy. And rather than just trying to be mean to this one or that one because they've made a mistake, because this one said something or did something, because this one left the the, the remains of oxen, if you will, here and there, It doesn't change the fact that you're not perfect either. It is not up to us to remove the oxen from the barn. It is up to us to leave the oxen in the barn and know that God will use them in the way he desires. Life is messy. Instead of longing for ways to to find a clean barn, we need to look for ways to fill the barn. Again, I'm afraid I might have done something silly if that man had come in and spoke to me that way. I hope not, but John handled it very stoically and very well. He understood that this man, though there might be some ugly right now, he's God's individual. You ever, did they, I don't know if anybody ever read the book. Irma Bombeck wrote a book, The Grass is Greener Over the Septic Tank. It's true. I remember when I replaced the field lines over here on 158 Oak Valley and we were in the midst of that drought, I could always go out and I saw exactly where my field lines were. Beautiful and green right there. The point is that to have a productive life, sometimes you have to have the mess that goes along with it. To have a productive life, you got to have the fertilizer that goes along with it. People can be messy sometimes, but that's just life. You, if you really want to fill the barn, you know what we must do? Sometimes as Christians, we might have to resort to accepting something that's a bit smelly and messy like an ox in order to really make progress in our lives. Sometimes to to be what God's called us to be, we have to do those dirty jobs. That's just not quite what we want. Sometimes to be what God's called us to be, we might have to deal with those people that that we just don't really care care for. And it's like, I don't know about this God. And God's saying, you may not care for him, but I do. We need to In fact, if you was to stop and think about it this week and be thankful for those messy tasks in your life, when you have to change the oil in your car, when the dishes have to be washed, when that dirty diaper has to be changed, or when that person comes in and and just belligerently is saying and doing something that you had no control over, those are messy things. But in those messy things, if we will stop and think about it, that's where the oxen are, and that's where productivity is. That's when the barn is filled. When we deal with the things that God has put in front of us, when we see the nasty, we should be looking and opening our eyes. There's an opportunity here. Rather than, how can we crucify Him? How can we throw him out of the church? How can we push him from this or that? How can I degrade him because he degraded me? I should stop and say, "Yes, this is a bad situation." Yes, this is messy. But you know what comes out of messy if we handle it correctly? a full barn. Sure, I can clean the barn and, and push him out and say, yeah, that was bad, and just get rid of him or her. But then you have a clean barn with no productivity. If we really want to be what God's called us to be, then we need to stop and say, God, how would you have me to a- handle this? Every messy job, I believe, has, has a, ha- proves one thing. Every messy thing that you get involved with, whether it's somebody, some situation, whether it's changing the baby's diapers, proves one thing. You're alive. Praise God. You're alive and God is choosing to use you. How you choose to react in the point of this messy situation is going to define whether your barn is clean or whether your barn is filled. Whether it's with people, whether it's with things, whatever. What is Matthew 24, he said that it will be good for the servant whose master finds him doing right when he returns. He says, I tell you the truth, he will put you in charge of many of his possessions, of all his possessions. Praise God. That man that doesn't care about when the master returns, but cares more about filling the barn, taking care of others. When we are watching for the return of Christ, that means completing the tasks at hand. Not just sitting down saying, I'll do whatever I want to do. Big or small, clean or messy, we need to be about doing God's will, God's business. That's the good servant, and the master's going to reward him. But what about the other one says, well, you know, I, he had not returned yet. I'm going to start thinking about myself. I'm going to clean this barn. I'm tired of messing around in all this ugliness. I'm tired of dealing with this or that. And he starts mistreating others. What do you say? This, the bad servant mistreats others, and he gets drunk on, on, on his master's wine. He says he will be drawn and quartered and unable to hypocrite and thrown in hell. If we want the clean barn rather than a full barn, we better stop and think about which servant are we in Matthew 24? If I would rather everything be spick, span, shiny and tidy, rather than knowing that I am to be about the master's work, which cooking for the millions and, and spreading the gospel and, and sharing the gospel and, and speaking the gospel, if I am, would I rather a clean barn or would I rather a barn that shows it's being used? Would I rather a clean barn or a barn that the oxen are filling. Because when the oxen are full, the grain is being tilled as well. Folks, where are we in that situation? How do we like our barn? How do we like our life? Are we truly seeking to fill it? Or are we seeking to just keep it clean? are we seeking just to do what He tells us to do? A lot of the, this parable right here speaks to us about one or the other. The good servant, he gets up, and whatever it takes, day after day, whatever it takes, he's going to do what it takes. That good servant, he may not always have a clean barn. Everything may not be put exactly back where it's supposed to be, but he'll have a full barn. The bad servant, he's already run everybody off, so sure, he can keep it nice and tidy and and everything looking good because there's nothing to put in there. The barn's just there now i understand when we think about the church we want it to be a place of peace of tranquility and 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 beauty we want the services to be smooth and perfect we want the facilities to be clean and 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 spotless we want people to talk in nice quiet voices and always get along but guess what folks that's not the way it is in a living and active congregation People are different. People can be moody. People can have bad days and good days. It's how you choose to react that's going to decide whether the barn stays full or whether the barn stays empty. That's what I thought of when I saw John react to this gentleman that day in the office. I thought this gentleman can go and he's from a very large church there at RA camp and and if John had handled that ugly, he might have could have went and made some influence and Who's to say that there's a lot of kids that wouldn't be coming back to RA camp? Sure, it'd be cleaner. You wouldn't have to be yelled at for things that he's not even in, was his fault. But what about all those kids? Who's God going to care more about? John's feelings getting hurt that day? Or 25, 30 kids that didn't come back to camp? God wants the barn full, which means sometimes we've got to step in the mess. And I think Brother John handled it so incredibly well. Very well. Because if you haven't noticed, folks, people are messy. The only way to have a neat, spick and span, tranquil church is to have an empty church. No other way about it. If you have that church that's being used, yes, the light bill might be a little high. The carpet may be a little worn. That people may get disputes here and there sometimes because they disagree over this or that. But the great thing is, if everybody's serving the Lord, there'll be all that stuff going on and all the scratches and all the stuff, but the harvest is full. We were able to stand here this morning and say, there's three young ladies that accepted Christ this week. That's by far more important than any scratch on a wall, a flat tire on a car, or a or whatever money thing material thing you can get, three young ladies accepted Christ because their parents brought them to church and took them to camp, and at camp they heard the Word of God, and the Word of God touched their heart, and they come to know who He is, and who's not to say that they're going to grow up and they're going to take the other little girls to camp, and they're going to take other little girls to hear a sermon, and they're going to take other little girls and boys to to hear a, a message that's preached because we didn't care about the building as much as we cared about the ox within the building. That's what it's about, guys. That's what it's about. I was talking to a pastor a while back, a very large church up around in the Dallas area. The the WMU got together, and they built this this beautiful parlor and put these fancy couches and, and all this stuff in this parlor for the WMU ladies. Well, they made sure the locked the... To come into the children's church, you came through this door, and you walked down the hallway, and there was their parlor to get to the children's church. Well, they always locked the door because they wanted to make sure none of the children got in there. Well, one day they, they forgot, and the children got in there, and sure enough, one of their lights got broke. Well, they come out, they, 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 they put a, a, a lock on the door, and they, amongst the WMU, they take up this fund, and, and they, built, they put all this money together, And they fund a door on the other side of the church so the kids can't come in the church and then through the church anymore. They have to come in from outside right to their area so the children could never go down that hallway. Well, the bad thing is, from there, that worked so well for them, then they put a lock on the kitchen. Then they put a lock on the office wing. Then they started locking these kids everywhere except you're allowed from the outside through this door to your area. I, I, I don't think it's coincidence. That parlor was clean, tidy, and beautiful. He's telling me two years later when he went to this church, that parlor was clean, tidy, and beautiful, but it was empty. Those children's classrooms, guess what? They were clean, tidy, and beautiful, but usually empty. It went from a thriving church with a thriving youth and a thriving children's ministry to just a few older people in the congregation. Why? Because they cared more about the building than the ox that was coming into the building. The tension between clean and filled, clean one in that church. I pray that that never happens. Folks, we are in the church business. We are in sharing the gospel. And sharing the gospel means you're going to intertwine with people. People can be messy. Jesus died so that people could have a relationship with, with him. Messy, loud, troublesome people. That's who Jesus died for. I think John, whether he, he didn't know I was going to get a sermon out of all that, but that few minutes I saw there, I saw this so magnified. As God's servants, we are entering into the people business, not just as the pastor, not him as assistant director of RA camp. Every one of us who's accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are entering into the people business, a business that, that, that is sometimes messy. It's sometimes loud. It's sometimes frustrating. It's sometimes unnerving. It's sometimes unpredictable. Did I say that sometimes it can be very frustrating? It is. But guess what? God gave us the way. He, we need to show patience, long-suffering, Staying power, a sense of, of, of humor, and a ton of grace and forgiveness and, and mercy. And an ability to, to like the unlikable. The Holy Spirit's guidance. The agape love of Jesus Christ. When you look at that verse again, where there are no oxen, the feeding trough, the manger, the barn is empty. But an abundant harvest comes strength of the ox where are you this morning if you are one of those oxen are you being productive are you being used are you letting god move you in a way or are you sitting there making the stuff in the that's left in the stall right now if we're coming do we care more about the building do we care more about our program Do we care more about our Bible study? Do we care more about our camp? Do we care more about anything else than Christ and the oxen whom he loves? That's the question we have to ask. Because when we get down and realize who Jesus is in us and that he still loves me, I think we can in turn then love those that may not be all that lovable all the time. But you can't do that if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Sometimes when people are obnoxiously loud and ugly, it's only by the grace of God that we can show the mercy back. If you don't have that grace, if you don't have that mercy living within you, you're probably going to act like the world. Praise God again that what I saw that day, John's human just like anybody else. And I did see his legs start bouncing a whole lot faster. But you know what came out of his mouth? Calm, collected explanation of why it wasn't the way this gentleman wanted it to be. And when this gentleman went out the door with a, I felt as though a very kind of ugly remark, the, boy, the young man that was with him turned and said, I'm sorry, man, keep up the good work. It's some kind of apology like that as he left out. I believe God rewarded my brother. The Scripture says that the, when we are wrongfully persecuted for standing for Christ, there's, there's blessings stored for us in heaven. I think John honored. I mean, God honored John's obedience that day. And now that church group, hopefully, will return. I saw that man later in the week. He was happy. His boys a lot of his boys won uh, medals, uh, ribbons, and such. What if John had cared more about a clean camp than the kids in that camp? If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to say to you this morning, my God is opening the doors to his mansion, to his barn, to his storage facility, to his heaven, to you. Well, I'm dirty. I've got this. I have all this past. I've done this. I've done that. The great thing is my God cares more about you than what, he, what you think you're going to bring in. And the great thing is, he's big enough, he'll clean you from all that unrighteousness and make you a new creation through the blood of Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he loves you. And he's asking you to come to him. If you are here this morning, and maybe you've gotten to that point where you You choose to look down on other individuals. You choose to look at their past rather than the possible future. You you choose to look at buildings rather than people. You want to get rid of those that cause issues. There there are people that they they like drama. They should be in Hollywood. That's just the way it is. And sometimes it's easy to to say, you know, I'm tired of the drama. But praise God that my God said, nope. I know exactly what's going on. And if he will profess with his mouth and and believe in his heart, then even he or she shall be saved. If You're here this morning. We need to care more about the oxen than our lives as the barn. Because that's who God cares about. What do you have to say to the Lord today? Maybe you, have to, maybe you need to ask him forgiveness. Maybe you need to ask for wisdom. But the great thing is you can lift your prayers to him today and he'll hear you. Let's commit ourselves to, to stepping out in those messy tasks, whether it's changing a dirty diaper, to have, and to have somebody yell at you that you, you didn't deserve. Whatever the messiness of life is, that's where the grass grows greener. And God they're saying there's something to learn here. Let's not... Get rid of the oxen to have a clean life. So I'll stand up and lead us in a word of prayer. I think Proverbs 14:4 four there is something that all of us should commit to our. I've read that Proverb a gazillion times and never really stopped on it till this week. But I think we need to understand who we are, who He is, and who all the oxen. As we pray, Father God, I come before you this morning I thank you for this opportunity to come and, and share and I thank you that that even though there's times in our lives we want to just get rid of things times in our lives when we want to just ostracize people and say they're not worthy sometimes there's you're telling us to help others and we're thinking no they they don't deserve it. I thank you that you never stopped giving to me I thank you that you never stopped holding me in your hand, even when I did silly things, even when I made messes, even when I said dumb things, you still love me enough to wrap your hands around me and remind me that if I would confess my sins unto you, that you would be right there, faithful and true to cleanse me of all my unrighteousness. God, if we're someone here today that is guilty of that, they have, They've allowed themselves to be pulled into that trap where they're picking and choosing who they feel as though should be in a church or not. Whether it's by age, whether it's by finances, whether it's by their past. Help them to see that all oxen are good for something in your house. And God, if there's one here today that does not know you and they're just not understanding what this message is saying, they don't understand that agape love of accepting all who truly turn to you, Will you speak in their heart and in their ear so that they will make a choice and a decision to follow you before it's too late? God, I pray your will to be done in the hearts of your people. May we not leave out of here wanting a clean house as much as we want a filled house. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. If God's speaking to you today, and please, don't think that I'm trying to call folks out or this or that. If the Lord's saying, hey, you know, we, we have gotten too narrow-minded. We're closing the doors to the camps, or we're closing the door to the church, or this Bible study, or this thing in my, where I work, my school. Remember that my God is from yesterday, today, and to tomorrow. Everlasting to everlasting. And yesterday is just what he'll wink at. You can start right now. I choose to open the doors so that God's glory can shine forth. It's your decision. Only you can choose how you're going to react. Whether you're going to show God or whether you're going to show yourself. In Jesus' name. As we sing this morning, this altar will be open. I'll pray with you. You can pray right where you're at. Let's leave out of here today committed to a full barn. In Jesus' name.